You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello, and welcome to the AIB Weekly Market Talk on Tuesday the 21st of April. I'm Alan Malone from AIB Treasury, and I'm joined on the line today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning. Let's start with the IMF, who last week published their biannual World Economic Outlook. This offered a comprehensive assessment of the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on the global economy. The IMF's baseline case sees world GDP falling by 3% in 2020 and rebounding by 5.8% next year, with the greatest impact on advanced economies. What were the key assumptions in their baseline forecast and how did they see Ireland performing? Yeah, well, as you say, it's very comprehensive. It looks at both the recession this year and likely recovery next year. What they based on, I mean, as they say themselves, there's a wide margin of a range of outcomes here. uh, And a lot of the forecasts or maybe scenarios are dependent on the course of the pandemic. What they assumed is we'd obviously have a very deep recession in the first half of the year, and then the recovery would take root in the second half of the year on the key assumption that the pandemic fades in the second half, allowing containment measures to be gradually unwound. And then you have a bounce back in activity in 2021, obviously off a very low base this year. So I suppose the key elements are a deep recession this year, they estimate or expect it'll be the deepest recession since the Great Depression of the early 1930s. Very steep falls in output. And even though we get a recovery in activity in the second half of the year, it doesn't offset that very steep decline. And it's particularly pronounced in what we call the developed economies, advanced economies. Economies like India and China are still expected to register modest growth this year. But for advanced economies, where the lockdowns have been most pronounced, and we can think of Europe, you know, Spain, France, Italy, the UK, across to the US, ourselves, they are forecasting very steep falls in activity for the year as a whole. So for these advanced economies, output is expected to fall by over 6% and then just recover by 4.5% next year. So where for the world economy, we see a full recovery, really big rebounds expected in China and India next year and those sort of economies. So output is down 3% this year more than recovering 5.8% next year. It's the opposite for these advanced economies. A bigger fall this year and less of a recovery next year. Now, Ireland, on the other hand, you know, traditionally shows very strong growth rates, particularly coming out of a recession. So as elsewhere, um, there's a very steep fall in output forecast for Ireland in 2020. It's 6%. Now, that would compare to 7.5% in the euro area, uh, 6% in the US, 6.5% in the UK. But because of our strong growth potential, the Irish economy bounces back quite strongly next year. 6.3% growth is what they're forecasting. Now, that's nearly 2% higher than the US or the euro area, and indeed over 2% higher than the UK, which is at 4%. So the recovery next year is expected to be stronger in Ireland, I think reflecting our ability to attract foreign direct investment, our large base here of multinational companies, the export orientation of the economy. But again, it, the, the key assumptions here are that the um, that the virus does fade or abate in the second half of the year, and that allows the containment measures to be unwound over the course of the second half of the year. And following on from that, are there scenarios where we might see a better outcome, or of more concern, are there downside risks that would trigger a deeper recession? Well, as I said at the beginning, you know, the IMF acknowledged that a broad range of outcomes are possible here. And 
in terms of the, the only scenario that talk about an upside, and I think it's fair enough, is in circumstances where there was a treatment developed for COVID-19 that would allow a quicker relaxation of the restrictions that are in place, in other words, ending the lockdown. So you'd still have, now they don't anticipate that happening in the next month or two, but what they would see in those sort of circumstances is still your deep, steep recession in the first half of 2020, but a much stronger recovery in activity in the second half of the year, and then indeed in 2021, obviously a greater confidence that we won't have a second wave or something like that, and that the lockdowns can be brought to an end at a much quicker pace. However, they warn that there's also downside scenarios and two things other than in particular. One is the risk that the virus could prove more protracted than assumed in the base case. In other words, that it doesn't really fade that much in the second half of the year. So that means the measures to contain it need to remain in place for a longer period of time. So what what you'd have in those circumstances is a bigger fall in output this year. The recovery would be very muted in the second half of the year. So they're saying those sort of circumstances instead of world output falling by 3% this year, it could fall by 6%. And then a second scenario, that the, or downside scenario they looked at was in the event, and this has been talked about, that the risk of a, a second, uh, although milder outbreak of the virus, maybe in 2021. All what happened there is... Uh, you get some recovery in activity in the second half of the year, but then the virus reappears, let's say, early next year. You have renewed lockdowns, renewed restrictions. So really you have two lost years of output. In those sort of circumstances, they're talking about output being 5% lower than their base case. So, you know, they talked about the, the advanced economies in their base case growing by 4.5% next year. In those sort of circumstances, you have no growth in the second half, or sorry, next year from the big decline this year. So that would feel like a two-year-long recession. So there are, you know, as I say, a broad range of outcomes. They acknowledge that. And I think, in fairness, they, they see the risks as being tilted towards the downside in terms of, you know, the virus proving more protracted than assumed, or there's always that risk. We do get it under control, but the, the, the risk of a second milder outbreak either later this year or in the early part of 2021. Thanks, Ollie. As you say, the IMF acknowledged that there is extreme uncertainty around its global forecasts, and worse outcomes are indeed possible. Yet despite this, markets retained their optimistic mood in the past week, with stock markets consolidating their recent gains. Is this sustainable? Well, you're right. I mean, um, you know, we've had a very strong rally in stock markets. Now, they obviously fell very sharply in February and early March as the virus took hold in Western economies and those very steep declines. But over the last month, there's been quite a strong recovery in stock markets. Now, they are taking hope from the very aggressive measures taken by central banks and governments to mitigate the worst effects of the pandemic on economic activity and they feel that this will lay the foundations for a recovery activity later on in the year the policy is so loose interest rates are so low government spending is picking up etc they're also taking heart from signs that the outbreak is peaking in terms of new cases flattening out in terms of the number of deaths and that's allowing some countries to begin a very gradual and limited relaxation of containment measures. Now, we've seen that in Europe in terms of last week, Denmark, the Czech Republic, Austria. This week, we were seeing Germany. There's been some relaxation in Spain as well. So they are taking heart from that. But really, to be quite honest about it, it's hard to see a better outcome for the world economy than the baseline forecast that's there for from the IMF, which is that big fall in output this year, unless we see this is a public health crisis really so unless we get a medical solution is found in terms of uh, treatments are found that can alleviate the 
worst effects of the coronavirus. I think it's generally recognised that um, you know a vaccine is a long, long way away. But the, the wor- there were some early results from studies last week which were giving the markets encouragement, showing in test cases now that they still require another month or two of testing, but the, they were generating positive results in terms of a lot of treatment that would allow people to recover from the coronavirus. So that's they're the sort of things that, that are offering markets hope on top of the very expansionary policies being pursued by governments the aggressive action taken by central banks and you know, stock markets have re- recovered strongly off their lows of, of four or five weeks ago but i would caution it's very hard from for us to see them rallying from here and i think for the, the recent strong gains in stock markets to be sustained you wouldn't want to see those risks that the imf were detailing there materializing in terms of the virus being very slow to abate in the second half of the year or the risk of we get it under control and then we have a second outbreak. Markets are likely to suffer setbacks in those sort of circumstances. So I think caution is warranted certainly of the stock markets in terms of the optimism that's there. They may be right, but I think there's lots of downside risks for, for stock markets from current levels. And indeed, generally, we've seen a tightening of credit spreads as well, which is unlikely to be sustained if the virus was to prove more protracted than expected and obviously have a more negative impact on the economic activity than the IMF's base case. And finally, what has been the effect on the currency markets? Well, currency markets actually have been remarkably stable in the last month or so. I mean, we did have that big move in sterling in uh, early March when it fell very sharply, but it recovered then the second half of March. And in terms of the euro, the dollar, they've been confined to very, very narrow ranges. Over the last three weeks, euro dollar rate has been around 109, sterling against the euros, trading around 87, 88p. So the, the currencies have been in very tight ranges, despite the fact that we're seeing some very weak data. But I think currency markets are looking at this and seeing, well, no matter what economy we look at, there's very, very weak data coming out. Most governments are adopting the same measures in, time, in terms of trying to mitigate the impacts. Central banks everywhere have you know, cut interest rates or left them negative levels and are introducing quantitative easing. So I think from currency traders' point of view, they're saying, well, there's nobody on the line here. And it's fair to say that last year as well, the main exchange rates were confined to very narrow ranges. And we're seeing that more recently. Notwithstanding that, I mean, sterling did fall very sharply nearly March, but that seems to have just been a sharp sell-off at the worst point of the crisis, and then it recovered uh, the lost ground as back in say euros back around 87p against sterling. So they are in our ranges. What maybe helping the currency markets as well is that more positive tone to stock markets. There's no doubt when when markets are in risk averse mood. What I mean by that is stock markets are falling sharply. Then you have a flight to quality uh, to safe haven currencies. So you see the dollar, the yen, the Swiss franc strengthening in those sort of circumstances. But as, that has not been the case over the last three or four weeks. So the exchange rates have been confined to very narrow ranges. So what I would say is that the stock markets can't sustain these re- recent gains and they're to weaken again quite sharply. You would expect to see the dollar strengthen, the yen strengthen, and maybe sterling weaken in those sort of circumstances. That's what we saw at the height of the crisis in markets five, six weeks ago. Ollie, thanks for your insights and a big thank you to our customers for listening. For those customers impacted by the coronavirus, you can find details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Please look after yourselves and remember to stay up to date on financial markets and Brexit. Just hit the subscribe button to AB's Market Talk.
on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thank you and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.